0: Welcome back to Who and Company. I'm Drew. And I'm Brent.
1: Before we introduce our two guests for this month, we want to remind everyone that Drew and I will be at Regeneration Who in Baltimore, Maryland this weekend. That's March 23rd to 25th, 2018, for any potential time travelers. If you'll also be there, make sure to say hi.
0: This month, we're doing our part to help raise money to support groups intent on changing gun policy in the United States a subject sorely in the forefront of today's news. As we record this introduction, there has been yet another shooting in a public school, this time in Maryland. Joining us today are two of
1: the organizers of the Who Against Guns initiative, Reality Bombs' Joy Piedmont and Graham Burke. After we talk about their love for Dr. Who, we'll discuss how Who Against Guns got started, what it takes to organize 40-plus Dr. Who fans, including Stephen Moffat and Philip Hinchcliffe, and what the response has been like.
0: For those who didn't get a chance to donate, or who might want to donate more, they're still taking donations until March 31st.
1: And that's all coming up right after this.
2: I'm not doing this because I wanna beat someone, or because I hate someone, or because because I wanna blame someone. It's not because it's fun. God knows it's not because it's easy. It's not even because it
1: works, because it hardly ever does. I do what I do because it's right, because it's decent.
3: And above all, it's kind.
0: That erstwhile upbeat fanfare of sci-fi frivolity means it's time for another episode of Who and Company. Joining us today are the co-hosts from the Reality Bomb podcast. The first is an author of several short trips including Doctor Who and the Adaptation of Death. Great title. A number of reference books including Who's 50? The 50 Doctor Who stories you want to watch before you die. As well as the editor and contributor for last year's Head of Drama, the memoir of Sidney Newman. It's Mr. Graham Burke. Hello. She's a teacher,
1: a writer, a librarian, and according to her Twitter page, a nerd, special snowflake, feminist, pop culture junkie, and high culture snob, Miss Joy Piedmont. Hi. <laughs> Grandma Joy, welcome to Who and Company.
2: Hello. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having
1: us, indeed. Sure. Joy, had a question for you before we get started. Uh, did your kids participate in the walkout this past Wednesday?
2: They did. It was quite amazing. Um the the culture of my school is such that it was essentially um like a school-wide field trip (laughs) um just the way that my my kids are um activated and and very involved as activists so um it was it was really amazing and we we walked to washington square park and joined up with a couple other schools so it was um a really powerful moment
1: that's great So uh, our guests come to us from all walks of Doctor Who fandom. So, uh, Joy, how did you discover Doctor Who?
2: Oh, actually, um, through my students in 2012, I had a bunch of uh, very, very geeky students who were like, oh, you love all geek stuff. You should be watching Doctor Who. And I was like, oh, okay, kids, that sounds nice. Um, I was in the middle of watching Friday Night Lights at the time. So (laughs) I was like, I can only handle one show at a time. Um, And uh, that summer... I was done with Friday Night Lights, and I started watching Doctor Who, and then within two months, I was caught up so that by the time uh, season seven started, I was watching live. So it was a whirlwind, and I've been running ever since.
0: Uh, Well, Graham, for those who haven't listened to your end-of-episode editorials, how did you first hear about The Good Doctor?
3: Oh, gosh. Well, I did it kind of the old-fashioned way back in old-timey days. Uh, I watched it on PBS uh, because I'm old. And uh, so I watched it on PBS uh, starting in 1984 when I was 14 years old. Uh, It was... I, I, I'd seen it before, I, I think I'd seen it when it first came to Canada in 1976, uh, but it, it, it didn't really grab me, and my, my, my best friend was into it, and, and I couldn't get into it, but uh, I was homesick, and I just it didn't bother to uh, turn the TV from 321 Contact, and uh, it was Pyramids of Mars Episode 3, I think, and I just fell in love with it, so, yeah. That's great. So, do you have favorite Doctor's? Uh, I yeah, I do. I I have. I mean, it's it's Tom Baker, uh, totally and completely. Um, and on the days when Tom Baker's off, it would be David Tennant, and when David's off, it'd probably be Peter Capaldi and and Peter Davison. On you know the rare occasions when all three of those are gone. <laughs> how about
0: you, Joy?
2: I don't understand how people have favorites. I I really do love them all. Um, it's so hard for me, especially since I've been doing a, a classic. um you know, watch. So I've been, I watch through, um, I've been watching through all of the classic series and I just, I love each of them for so many different reasons. And it's, I just, I could never pick a favorite. It's, it's too hard.
0: That's fine. And some people, you know, do they, you know, like, uh, I, I usually tell folks my favorite is whatever, what I'm watching at the time because mm-hmm. I watch Doctor Who when I'm in the mood to watch Doctor Who. And so I'm always going to be excited and happy to do so. Unless I guess it's a a new episode that I haven't seen and I'm reviewing. So, (laughs) and then, then I don't know how much I'm going to love, love that doctor.
1: (laughs) So um, this question is for both of you. uh, And it's a question that most fans ask each other. I'm interested to hear what you're going to say. Is there a story good or bad that you tend to put on after a hard day to relax? Or as we say, a comfort episode or story?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, Mine is Day of the Doctor. And uh, I watch it regularly, (laughs) Um, almost like a regular Mm -hmm. schedule. Um, Watched it on the plane coming home from galley because I was real tired and it had been a long weekend. And I was like, you know what, just gonna throw on Day of the Doctor just to kind of soak up my feels and 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 really preserve my galley feelings uh for a little while so that was great i recently rewatched it like last week uh my boyfriend's watching the show for the first time so he was forbidden from watching it by himself so i said as soon as you get to day of the doctor we are watching it together um <clears throat> And uh, that was really fun. It just gives me so much pleasure. Um, it, it makes me so happy. I cry every time I watch it. It's it's a real, it's a real warm blanket for me.
3: I don't really know if I have a a, a specific go to comfort. Viewing story, I, I have sort of things I like to watch for comfort viewing when it comes to Doctor Who. I like, I like watching John Pertwee stories, oddly enough. Um, I'm not. I mean, John Pertwee is not my favorite Doctor. He was not in that list of, of people and their alternates. Um, but, but I do love watching his era. Uh, it's. It, I, I find it hugely comforting. I, I love stories like Death of the Daleks, um, which is just a lovely kind of sort of nice cinematic Doctor Who story that just happens to be shot in TC in Studio TC Four. I love stories, but I also love stories like The Time Warrior or uh, *Or The Green Death. Or there's a, there's a number of stories sort of stories that sort of fit that kind of sweet spot. I think I watched The Three Doctors a couple of weeks ago for the <laughs> same reason. It just, it, yeah, it, it works for me that way.
0: Yeah, I get that. I think prior to 2013, uh, I don't think I would have had a, a go-to comfort story, though I, I frequently, if I'm in the mood to watch Doctor Who and I want to watch a classic, I'll usually go to City of Death. Because I'm a just a Douglas Adams fan, and it just hits all the right buttons for me. Mm. But like Joy, uh, once the fiftieth came and we got Day of the Doctor, that's that's just my go-to. I crave it. Um, <laughs> if I I kind of want to have Doctor Who on, I'll I'll. That's my go-to, and it's really nice that that it, it can be found on occasional on uh, streaming. See, I, I mean,
3: see, I, see. I treat that story as special occasion Doctor Who. That's the that's the Doctor Who you you yeah. put out the good china for. You know that's that, that's, that's, <laughs> that's 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 you know. The, I mean that and the five Doctors. You know I will watch that when I feel it's it's really worth you know watching because I, I want it to remain special to me. So um, as a result, you know I, I think I've, I mean I've watched Day of the Doctor many times and, and indeed I just watched it for uh, for for my new book. But it's the, that I'm writing. But yeah it's it's still kind of to to me special occasion who as opposed to comfort viewing who.
0: yeah same here well speaking of your new book obviously uh, writing is an integral part of your doctor who fandom gram um so what sparked the idea for you starting to write that series of reference
3: books that you you've done or or why why write doctor who why I write about Doctor Who. That's a good uh, because Doctor Who has so much written about it, and it I, and it looks like an inviting pool of th- of people that you know that you want to contribute to that kind of that kind of basis. Uh, the book series of books we've we've done have were kind of. Inspired by, I wouldn't say they're directly derived from because ours go into a little more detail than them. But uh, they're inspired by a, a book by uh, Paul Cornell, Keith Topping, and Martin Day called *The Discontinuity Guide*, which is basically a very kind of uh, enthusiastic kind of look at the whole of Doctor Who. It's very, it's very critical at points, but it's it has a very kind of fun tone and 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 just fun and accessible and and immediately sort of you can just get into it and. And so I wanted to do a series like that for the new show. Um, and I pitched it to uh, a publisher of, of Doctor Who Works uh, sort of around the time about series three or four. And and they just couldn't see the point of it for them because they, they felt that... Uh, they, they they felt they just wanted to sort of continue doing the sort of season by season episode doctor by doctor episode guides that they were doing i found rather joyless so i said okay fine go ahead and uh and so i but i kept the idea sort of in my back pocket and we eventually met a publisher a person from a publisher who published a lot of episode guides for a lot of different shows and they hadn't done a doctor who episode guide so i had that proposal from about four or five years back at that point because it was no no graham it wasn't four or five years back <laughs> by that point it was about three or four years because it, by that point it was about two, 20, 2009 or so so i i then so i gave that sort of three-year-old proposal to them they really loved it and at that point robert robert smith had sort of been sort of on the periphery of the discussions and sort of nominally said hey robert why don't you contribute to this and then we said uh so then we then we actually we were required to give a sort of sample entry and we did a sort of sample entry and and I sort of we did it on a Planet of the ute remember and at the end of it, I just said, "Okay, second opinion, Robert." And I said to Robert, "Okay, Robert, I need you to go write something on Planet of the Ute. And Robert was in the middle of I don't know Rio or some other. Robert's a m- mathematician, but nominally, but as near as I can tell, he's a, he's a he's a he's a spy or something like that because he's always traveling to different places. So he so he was I think he was in Rio for a math conference, and so he basically hadn't any of his Who stuff with him, and he just basically did. But Robert <laughs> like Robert never changes his opinion on a Doctor Who story ever. So he basically has his, he pulled out his his planet of the Ute opinion from memory and wrote 200 words on, on it and we sent it back in and they and they loved it and uh, that sort of but it was the idea that the one thing I I that irritated me about um, that I didn't really like about uh, the discontinuity guide was they actually split up the reviews amongst the re- amongst the authors. And you could tell that from the authorial voice which one was the one written by Paul and which one was the one written by Martin and and, and Keith. But I always wanted I always wanted to argue with each other because I felt right. like I wanted to sort of see where they came from on stuff. And so and so that was that was the sort of it was an instinctive thing on my part to have Robert do that. But it w- really worked because the because the, the whole dynamic of that book is Robert arguing with me or me arguing with Robert. About different Doctor Who stories, and from there, yeah, it just sort of it just sort of unfolded.
0: Yeah, um, I've had just some experiences writing with Robert, in that he is the editor of a number of collections, uh, several of which I believe, Joy, that you are a contributor to.
2: Oh, actually, just for um, Outside In two.
0: Two. Okay.
2: Um, yeah, because uh, I'm I'm not very good at writing um about shows that I'm not as interested in and as much as I love Star Trek um <laughs> and Buffy I don't feel compelled to write about them so uh the the one that I did was the the new new series Doctor Who book
0: What story did you uh do for that
2: one In the Forest of the Night No oh, bless ah. And did you <laughs> choose that one or was that chosen for you No I did choose it um there okay. wasn't a whole lot left because um I actually um met robert at li who and uh and i think before we left for the weekend he was like uh, you a writer and i was like sure maybe <laughs> <laughs> and he's like uh, you want to write for this book i'm doing and i went okay and so uh sure enough i got an email from him and he's like here's what's left and from the list um i i chose in the forest of the night because uh i thought well it, it's more fun to write about things that are 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 flawed um and uh i also felt like i could i had a way into it because it's it's a story where you actually see um clara and danny being teachers and so that was fun because i I wrote the whole thing as a um as a observation report by their by their uh headmaster their head of school whatever and uh they're they're not doing too well as teachers (laughs) (laughs)
1: kill surprise (laughs) joy as we mentioned you are a teacher so do you integrate dr who when you're working with your students
2: um when i can and uh it it comes up a little bit when um i do lessons with my kids on copyright and uh uh, presentations so sometimes like the 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 sample slides like just to teach nice uh good visual design i'll have pictures of like David Tennant holding a kitten because it's it's beautiful and adorable. (laughs) Um, And just to, like, show them how to lay out text on an image or something like that. Um, But mostly I use Doctor Who when I am explicitly doing something uh, fandom-related. And um, every now and then I get to teach these – these special workshops, we call them uh, mini masters. So it's three days of special programming where we do kind of deep dives into various topics. Uh, one of the ones that we did this year that was super cool was um, New York ferries, and so the kids just rode ferries around New York for you know two and a half days, which was pretty cool. Um, I've run one in the past called uh, Zombie Apocalypse, and so we teach the kids <laughs> how to survive the zombie apocalypse. Um, and, and occasionally I do fandom related things. And one of the ones I did this year was uh, called Fandom 201 Going Pro. So it was all about how to be a professional fan. And so they developed kind of like mini papers and presentations that they they wrote. Um, and I brought in um, Elisa Stern from Dr. Puppet to talk to them about her work as an animator and, uh, and how she's incorporated. Her fandom into that, and so the kids are very, very aware of my Doctor Who fandom because <laughs> I wear it on my sleeve, and and uh, every now and then they come out of the woodwork, um, but only like to me directly. There's for some reason it's like they've gone underground ever since Capaldi um, started, and it used to be all of the Who fans were very out in the open and and kind of like boisterous about their fandom, and then in the past few years, it's been a lot quieter. And it'll be the random like, oh, yeah, I love that show too. And I love this, this and this about it. And, you know, I'll be like, oh, have you been watching it recently? Yeah, I don't really love it as much as I used to, but I still like it. And so their fandom is a little quieter, but I still get, you know, the the kid who's like, oh, I love that show too. (laughs) You know, the, the recognition of Hey, yeah. I noticed that thing on your desk is the TARDIS. Tell me more about that.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of taking your fandom to a professional level, Joy, you've recently taken over the co-hosting responsibilities on Reality Bomb. How are you enjoying it so far?
2: Oh, I love it. Graham is so much fun to work with, and we are um, She's we not being paid very... to say
3: this at all, folks. Just, to say. <laughs> <laughs> Or made, or under any duress whatsoever right now
2: we might have to go back i think i skipped a line in the script graham (laughs) (laughs) it's
3: okay no problem
2: (laughs) (laughs) no i got the
0: part on here where he says that uh he is benevolent understanding uh wise wise.
3: (laughs) (laughs) none of these things are true
2: (laughs) no they're all true um and i find that we're on a very similar wavelength with a lot of things I, i i texted him a couple days ago, I don't even remember when this was. And I was telling him about a a spreadsheet that I have kept for years now, actually, just for myself, that's um, all Doctor Who stories ever, you know, written from 1963 to the present. And um, it's got director, writer, um, you know, other information about it. But I also keep track of um, the... Doctor Who, the writer's room, like when they've talked about the writers of those stories. And then I keep track of like if RFS has done a commentary and um, if Reality Bomb has done a gallery on it. So just for for no other reason than I just like keeping spreadsheets and and seeing the stats. Oh, and I also have um, the Doctor Who magazine 2014 rankings. And uh, I was telling Graham, oh, by the way, I looked up um, some stats on. You know, gallery and uh, this particular episode was uh, the the highest rated, according to the DWM poll, gallery that we've ever done. Just because. And he was like, see, this is why we get along.
3: <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I created the show and I, I created the show and that segment and I didn't even know this. Like, this is... <laughs> the level of knowledge that she actually had done on on this segment was was really kind of incredible, and to a certain extent, that's what 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 encouraged me to ask her if she would become co producer when Alex Kenard stepped down. Was that I wanted, I was, I I, I could see that she was. Uh, very very enthusiastic about the show that she that she when when the show was when the show had gone out she would always ask the most intelligent questions about why did why did you do this or i thought this i thought this outtake at the end was really funny and or you know and all these sorts of things and i thought she's really into this stuff in a, in a in a way so why not ask her uh so yeah it was sort of, it sort of certainly certainly and and plus every time we've ever had her do anything for the show joy has been like more professional than any of us in, in, and when I say any of us, I don't just mean on Reality Mom. I mean in any podcast ever invented. Um, so yeah, so it your so, checks in the mail, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> so it, yeah, it was. Just, so yeah, so it, it was just so. It was. It, it just. It just seemed like the most logical choice here, ever. So yeah, obviously. Aww. I
0: just. I just need a bit of clarification. This spreadsheet. You created this independent of your joining Reality Bomb, correct? Yeah, yes. I created it really... Correct.
2: I started keeping the spreadsheet maybe like two years ago, um, <laughs> because, like I said, I'm watching the show, uh, the the classic series, and I'm doing it from uh, in chronological order. Order, um, and I was trying to keep track of what I've seen. Not like I'd, I would forget, but just to keep track of where I am, and um, you know, just. Because what I like to do is after I watch a story, I will then go see, like, oh, OK, um, RFS has done a commentary on it or, like, there's a gallery episode on it or, like, you know, um, Eric and Kyle have done a were on it. And so, like, I just like to, you know, go and listen after after I've watched something uh, to, to soak up all of the the commentary possible. I, I unfortunately don't have as much um, reading time as I used to. Um because normally my thing is I'll go and read everything ever written about a thing that I watch. Um, but because my, my reading time is more limited because I have to read um, for work, I, uh, I listen to podcasts now.
3: I'd like to point out that I, I used to keep a spreadsheet. When I was like a teenager of Doctor <laughs> Who, it was a Lotus one two three spreadsheet because that's how long ago that was. Um, Excel didn't even exist, so it was, and it literally just only had name of story, writer. I didn't consider, I didn't consider the director an important, an important thing. Uh, I gave it a, a a one out of four star ranking because that's how that's how you, you saw movies and TV guide ranked. Um, so, so and uh, and the novelization and and that is literally all I ever got. <laughs> So you've taken this to, like to, this is next level stuff. I got to say, Joy, this is amazing.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. But podcasts didn't exist back then. So yeah. that
3: is true. That is true. I, cu- I could have listed like this fanzine wrote this great article about this. Or, now, you know, see,
2: that would be that would be a level of commitment that I don't know that I can I can reach because there are certainly I mean, I could do it based on the books I have on my shelf, which I'm actually looking over it now. But um, mm, again, the reading time, I, I just don't have yeah. it.
3: No, yeah. no, that's that's fair.
0: Has anyone published a deep dive into Doctor Hoon fanzine culture? Uh,
3: y- yes, uh, I did actually. Uh, it oh, was. Okay. It, um. <laughs> It's a two- First, there was one, of course, naturally done by Paul Cornell, and then I basically we went, basically went and stole what he did, because that seems to be our memo. But uh, we uh, there was a book called License Denied. It was published by Virgin Publishing around 1996, or 1997, actually. It was just as the license uh, ended for Virgin Publishing on Doctor Who, and it was an assortment of British fanzine stuff from the 80s and 90s, mostly. And you can sort of see the direct link between fanzine culture and who was in Doctor Who magazine and who wrote Doctor Who novels and from that you can actually pretty much see who wound up writing for Doctor Who the television show uh, but uh, so and then then, the early two thousand, sorry the mid 2000s uh, Mad Norwegian and uh, Robert and I the first two books we did were called uh, Time Unincorporated it was not my title uh, and it was, it was basically an archive of fanzine articles from more from North American fanzines, but also from British fanzines, and just fan just a sort of repository of fan writing from about, I'd say, the early '80s to right up to the 2000s. We did a volume on the classic series, and we did a volume on the new series, and so mm-hmm. uh, the new series up until I believe, I believe, Planet of the Dead. I think was the last one we did, or or no, we did we did up to Matt Smith season. The problem was is that the 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 publishing date got changed like four or five times and her and our cutoff, our cutoff changed. So I, I I now have like three different cutoffs in my head, but yeah, I think we did up until Matt Smith's first season. So it was a, it was, a, it was a really, but yeah, if you want to deep dive into that, I mean, I think those two two books are still in print and you can find it licensed denied uh, on Amazon as a used book. It's, it's a, it's a fantastic book actually too.
1: So aside from uh, the October release of Jody Whittaker and, Chris Chibnall's premiere series. What's getting you excited in the world of Doctor Who?
2: Hmm. That's a good question. Right now, I'm I'm excited about conventions. Um, Galley was really great, and uh, Regen is coming up very soon, and uh, so I love love that, and I love being you know in in fandom and uh, getting to be around other fans and talking about the show. Um, I don't know that i have anything else oh well i guess i'm really excited about the the novelizations that are coming out because um, oh the target ones yeah those will be real fun yeah. to, to get yeah. my hands on
3: yeah the novelizations i think uh i'm really excited about the uh blu-ray coming out of uh, tom baker's first season um so yes. which which is uh, i am a sucker for vam so therefore i will be buying this um and uh and i'm looking forward to seeing how well the upconvert works uh, on on the on the stories and they and so and, and so yeah i'm excited about that i think there's a uh, and I generally, I get really excited about the sort of the slow trickle of news that comes out from, from set reports and other stuff. I, I dig that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward. And I've been really enjoying uh, Chris Chibnall's uh, production notes in Doctor Who magazine. Uh, I, I found it, the first one, a little bit stiff and patrician, but he's gradually kind of loosening up and realizing that, we're not actually we're not actually all out to get him, so it's okay. And so I really I really enjoyed the last one. It had a nice little self nice self deprecating tone, and and I and I think it's I think we're kind of getting a sense of we and, and yeah, I'm really genuinely looking forward to the new season. I I I, uh, I got I got myself very excited about Jodie Whittaker after I managed to get to see some clips of her on YouTube of her doing. Uh, uh antigone uh the 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 greek play with uh and it was a it was an rsc production with uh christopher eccleston and 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 she gets to do those big glorious vaunted speeches that you know sort of all doctors get to make and i and i and i sort of had that moment of oh i can really picture her as a doctor now so i got really excited about that so yeah brilliant
0: joy do you pay attention to uh, all the stuff coming out, bef- the production notes and and whatnot before uh, an episode comes out, or do you try to stay surprised.
2: I I, I try to stay as uh, as pure <laughs> as possible. Um, I think. The hard thing is that the more that you that you immerse yourself in fan culture, the harder mm-hmm. it is to get away from those those kinds of things. Um, so I try not to to stress about it too much if I hear something, uh, but I don't necessarily seek out those those set reports or rumors. Um, if they if they cross my path, I, I don't you know get too worked up about it. But uh, yeah, I like to go in fresh because. Um, the problem is even what little I hear, um, hear about, I I can, I can overthink it. And so I'd rather go into watching, uh, with as clean a slate as possible. And I have found in the past few years, um, and this goes across the board with any movie I watch, you know, book I read, I tend to enjoy things more when I know as little as possible about what's coming. And, I've found some of the most enjoyable experiences I've had recently are when I knew nothing about a book before I started it, you know, didn't mm-hmm. even read the the flap copy and just picked it up, went because uh, somebody said, hey, you'll really love this. And uh, those experiences have been like the most exciting. So yeah, I try to stay as far away from those kinds of things as possible because unfortunately like w- the few things I have heard actually about this most um, – this upcoming season are are a little bit like worrisome to me, and so I'm trying not to think about it as much as possible. Actually, because I, I want to, I want I I, I always want to go in loving the show, right? You know, like sure. I, I never approach Doctor Who like, oh, I'm gonna hate this, and so I'm grumpy about it. You know, I want to like the show. I I love it, <laughs> and so I want to give it as uh, a, a as fair a shot as possible.
0: Yeah, and imagine that this this being. Uh, the first season that you're going into, while co-hosting a regular podcast, might be a little trickier because you have to balance that staying informed versus uh, you know trying to take that step back because people are going to be discussing uh, rumors or what they suspect might be happening.
2: Mm. Well, the good thing is that even um, and and Graham is. You know great about those uh kind of like rumor segments and the speculation um and correct me if I'm wrong Graham but I feel like you focus more on kind of what do what do fans expect to see or what are fans excited about seeing rather than um you know let's dig into these set photos and and like analyze exactly what might be happening here and so I think that kind of keeps at least the the reality bomb sphere a little
3: yeah. cleaner I, I mean the watchword that we have for doing reality bomb is is enthusiasm and enthusiasm doesn't mean uncritical i mean we have very critical segments but i think enthusiasm means that you kind of go in with a with a different kind of headspace i think than 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 other shows so our approach to dealing with the rumors and partially because the rumors are very slowly dripped here and he has been actually very good at keeping keeping things off the grid uh chris so what we co- we decided our segment is called is this rumor hot or not and so we basically ask uh lindsey mayers and and others to basically determine based on the rumor based on you know it, based on the based on the statement, the rumor itself, based on you know, it, it's 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 appeal, based on whether you know whether or not you think it's factual. Can you judge if is this rumor hot or not? And I felt this is the best way to sort of keep that enthusiasm going without turning it into kind of a oh let's dissect every single detail that we don't know in context. Um and 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 and, and because I feel that becomes a zero sum game. You don't actually gain anything from that other than just sort of feeding the beast of of fan grumpiness and, and, hmm. and there's enough of that in the world
0: greetings fans of doctor who podcasts we have an important message that we'd like to share with you we've all been moved by recent events the survivors at Marjorie stoneman douglas high school are using their
3: voices to speak out for those who cannot to say never again and demand change we are asking the doctor who community to follow their example and to shine a light on this urgent issue This March, representatives of all your favorite Doctor Who podcasts and some special guests will be coming together to do a podcast commentary of the 1969 Patrick Troughton story, The War Games.
2: That's 10 episodes of Classic Who, with more than 40 writers, authors, podcasters, and fans participating, including a special commentary with Stephen Moffat.
0: But here's the thing. We're not putting out this podcast on any one show's feed. We're only releasing it to listeners who provide a donation to an organization committed to ending gun
3: violence. Here's what you have to do. Make a donation of $10 or more to March for Our Lives, or the Brady Campaign to Prevent Gun Violence,
2: or or Moms moms Demand demand Action, action. or the Community Justice Reform Coalition.
0: These organizations are US-based
2: and focus on changing American laws and policy.
0: They welcome
3: international donations.
0: However, if you live outside
3: the US and want to donate to an organization in your own country, you can find some suggestions at realitybombpodcast.com slash who against guns.
0: If you send a copy of your receipt to Gallifrey Stands
2: at realitybombpodcast.com, you'll get information on where to download your special commentary podcast later in March. You can find more details at realitybombpodcast.com slash who against guns.
0: The doctor has implored us to be kind, and in twenty eighteen, amplifying, amplifying a, good a good cause is one way that we can, can be, be kind to each other and our world. So let's get involved. So let's get involved. So let's get involved.
1: So let's get involved.
0: And be kind. Only a few short weeks ago, you launched Who Against Guns. For those who don't already know, could you tell us a little about it and how it uh, came to be?
2: Sure. Um, well, as many people know, um, I assume on uh, Valentine's Day, uh, there was a shooting in Parkland at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. And in the wake of that shooting, the survivors, um, all teenagers, have led a movement um, for calling for gun, gun control. And their, their rallying cry has really been, the adults have let us down it is time for us to make change for ourselves and uh you know when this all was happening um I was at galley and was following the news but really you know kind of putting myself in the in the headspace of the con um because I had you know a lot of things going on there so I was really focused on that and then um as soon as I landed back in New York I couldn't stop thinking about um what had happened in the shooting and um the, these events always really shake me up because I work at a school, and um just thinking about these students and how much they reminded me of my own kids who are activists and and I thought, you know this is exactly the kind of thing that that my students would do. God forbid anything happened um, at my school. and so I thought, we have um such a great community and i was I was really thinking a lot about galley and and um all of the people that I know through conventions and how connected we are um, as a podcasting community, as a fan community. And I thought, like, wouldn't it be great if we did some sort of, like, all-star kind of thing where we get a bunch of people together, we do something, right? Like this is like the nebulous idea in my head. Like we do something and offer it to people who make a donation to um March for Our Lives, the uh the march that the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School students are leading. Um and they send us their receipts. So because I was like, I don't want to deal with any money. So the money should go directly to the the organizations that are collecting. And uh and then we'll give them something for that. Um, what I have no idea I floated this idea to um, a bunch of friends and Graham immediately jumped on board and said yeah let's let's do this as a podcast and um, I think you can pick it up from here Graham
3: Yeah, I, I mean Joy is the prime mover of this thing. Um, and it really came came from her own uh, passion about what to do about the situation. My involvement is Adam was at a more kind of practical kind of kind of what how do we realize this kind of level and and my immediate thinking was we we don't we, we we don't need to do this as a live cast, which I think was the initial idea that kind of floated about. We could what we we have the skills to do this um between between both Joya and I and indeed the podcaster community, which is that which is that we could do this as a podcast that was you know that that we only release to people who give the donation, and then that that led to immediately, well, if we get an all-star cast and we want to do a po- commentary then what's the best way of doing that well doing a classic series story with as many episodes as possible is probably the best idea and we took a sort of vote amongst our friends of, of which one to do and the war the war games won out there were a couple of others there were a couple of other stories in contention that were six-parters but you know the, i think the war games was the obvious choice and i think the war games also has a thematic basis in that it's a story with a lot of violence and a lot of guns but it also kind of actually has an editorial comment to make about that which mm-hmm. also made also it very made ideal, very ideal. Uh, uh, so from there it just became a kind of and so i think what and then the other third person who came on to this was rachel donner who is a, a friend of ours who who does who does uh, a great hockey podcast hockey feels with steven schapansky of radio free Scarrow, and she She's been on Reality Bomb, and she's been on the, this week in Time Travel, and and she's really great. And but I mean, she works as a, a in 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 development and fundraising, um, and so and I did that sort of thing too from a communication standpoint. So between Rachel. Joy and myself we sort of were able to sort of come up with a direction and I sort of focused more on the con- content content providing and 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 Rachel focused on the how do we how do we how do we take in the receipts and how do we log them and 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 what is the best way we communicate out to social media and and Joy just basically provided general inspiration and calmed us calm us the hell down when things are going <laughs> so i like to um, think of
2: myself as a herder of cats <laughs> yes yeah. and, and and
3: so and so all and so all uh, between the three of us we sort of became this kind of gestalt entity for about for about, for about two and a half weeks um sort of sort of kind of uh, working with a really incredible team of, of volunteers. Mm. I, I mean, I, I mean, we had, we had, we had all kinds of volunteers who stepped up to sort of log the emails and and do that in a really professionalized way. We had people doing social media and figuring out who we can influence and other stuff. We had all kinds of you know all kinds of things were being done behind the scenes to sort of make this make this work. And so yeah, it was it was it was it was everyone took part in this. And of course, we got all the podcasters as many podcasters as we could get, and to a certain extent, as many podcasters as we knew <laughs> on board in a very short time because we literally came up with the idea I think on a Thursday we sort of figured out what it was by a Friday we were doing recordings uh for episodes of the war games uh as commentaries by the following Wednesday that's the speed this all went at,
1: mm. so what is it about the podcasting medium that makes a project like this possible
3: I think it has an I think it has a very devoted audience mm. uh uh I, I, and I've seen this on Reality Bomb. I mean, I have, I it, you know, I, I I have random strangers come up to me at conventions and say, "Hey, I love your podcast." And you're kind of like, going, oh wow, okay." So this thing I just sort of talking to a mic <laughs> 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 actually has people who follow us. There are people who, who who really get into enth- and and I and I and you know you you can see the sort of devotion that the bigger podcasts like Verity and and uh, Radio Scarrow get from their meetups that places like gallifrey that you can just uh, you can just sort of you just there's an instant audience there and and I have to say I mean I keep on joking that this this who against guns has the most unsophisticated idea for f- fundraiser ever which is basically do you, donate to a, do, donate to some very worthy causes, and we'll give you a recording of a bunch of people talking about a Doctor Who story that was made forty nine
2: years ago. Um, <laughs> it's not special um, or fancy, really.
3: It's not, No, it's really, it's really that unsophisticated. And 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 at this point, we've raised over sixteen thousand dollars from it. And and to a certain extent, I think it's because a the fans of doctor who podcasts are loyal to them and, and really care about them. And so they were able to disseminate amongst those networks of people about this and B, doctor who fans love this kind of stuff. So, uh, (laughs) so I think it just, I think it just played on two levels. And I think doctor who fans and I think doctor who fans are passionate about this cause too. And I think, and I think, I think there's just something very, very, simple and direct about it both the both the idea of the fundraising of you know do this and get a special podcast commentary but also just the idea of I want to be a part of something that that's going to bring about a lasting solution to this and and when we started appealing to uh people like Stephen Moffat and Jamie Jamie Matheson and 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 other special guests we had on this there was no question they just basically immediately said yes because I think that was that it was it it was something that they could do. It was something in their wheelhouse to do. And yes, of course, let's do that. Mm.
2: And in many ways, it was really asking um, for a a small investment of time. Um, Mm -hmm. And and that's really all we required. We weren't asking anyone to, um, you know, take a huge chunk out of their lives um, other than the huge chunk out of our lives that we were taking, um, Graham, Rachel (laughs) and I. Uh, And so... It was really easy for people to get involved, and you know, for a ten dollar donation, um, for the people who have um, generously donated, you know, that's a, a really easy thing for them to do because they're getting um, thirteen podcast uh, episodes, uh, two of which have commentaries on, you know. Doctor Who that they would never hear anywhere anywhere else, I mean Philip Kinchcliffe talking about the war games, I don't know where else that would happen, you know, Stephen Moffat talking about the war games, it's just, it is actually a very, very exclusive special thing that that we're providing to people Um, and all we're asking is for a donation to, you know, and I think that's kind of amazing actually
3: yeah so i mean when you think about it two-thirds of of the people who contributed to against guns gave gave twenty dollars or less which is really amazing because it means that we raised almost sixteen thousand dollars on twenty dollar gifts or less and i think that's amazing that's a testament to how many people just immediately got this idea and immediately wanted to just go do something I, i i think that's wonderful
1: that's great and you were mentioning uh, Stephen Moffat and Philip Hinchcliffe. How in the world did you get them to appear on the commentaries? <laughs> did you approach them, or did they volunteer on their own? Or?
3: We approached them uh, first. We approached uh, we approached Stephen Moffat through an intermediary. Uh, I, I I had written in this in the spreadsheet uh, when we were sort of coming up with the initial idea, and Joy pointed this out to me that I we listed sort of people we could ask, and you know, the Who writers that we sort of met at Gallifrey. Yes, of course, you know, we 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 all both Joy and I. I got to know Jamie Matheson and Peter Harness and a couple of others. So we listed them and then I wrote down Stephen Moffat. Let's be, and I put it in brackets. Let's be ambitious. (laughs) And, and my feeling was, you know, if we can like demonstrate that we've raised a couple of grand and hopefully we can get to a couple of grand, maybe then we can go to Stephen Moffat and do it. Well, by the time we got to Stephen Moffat, we'd already raised five grand actually so so at that point so i just i just basically said sent a letter just sort of uh, saying look you know I, I, my joke about this being the most unsophisticated fundraising idea ever and just sort of saying look all you want is like 25 minutes of your time to go watch the season finale of doctor who in the 1960s and you know can you and 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 Stephen like and i wrote it through an intermediary and the next morning i got up at 5 a.m to go to the bathroom because i'm old and uh and i i checked my phone because which my wife constantly tells me never to do and i try I've been very good about not doing that anymore but i wanted to know if Stephen moffat had written back and i thought well maybe we'll get something from from the, my intermediary saying you know we've done this and i check it and sure enough there is an email from Stephen moffat to me saying of course, I have opinions about the board games. I will definitely be willing to do this. Well, I wasn't going back to bed at that point, so that was pretty much uh, that was pretty much the best Friday morning of my life. So, uh, yeah, so that was kind of how we got him. And then I was. I was talking to Joy and we were talking about well who else could we get and at that moment when I was talking with Joy about who else could we get I suddenly got an email from Phil Hinchcliffe Philip Hinchcliffe is a friend of mine and uh and and he was and he was writing me because his his daughter was was working on a working on a project and, and was wondering if I could get if, he, if I could help her out with it and, and so it was just this wonderful kind of timing and I was like do I write Philip Hinchcliffe? Of course. So I wrote Philip back and said, "Yeah. So I'm happy to help your daughter. And 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 by the way, uh, we're doing this about this. And you know, I know you've never seen any Patrick Troughton episodes, but." Uh, you know, it was directed by David Maloney, who was a good friend of yours. And, and it sort of is from the same era that you started in British television. Uh, would you mind just watching it and just sort of watching the first episode and sort of, you know, giving, giving talking about it from that perspective? And he, he wrote back immediately and said, absolutely, I want, I want to do something about this problem. and You know, it was the same we had from everybody else. Mm. Yes. How can I help? So, yeah.
0: So the time of recording, <clears throat> it's been Less than a week since Who Against Guns dropped the link to the thirteen episode commentary, of the War Games. What's the response been like?
2: Hmm. Well, so far, um, every every tweet I've seen on social media has has been uh, really positive. People are are really enjoying getting this uh, like mishmash of different personalities <laughs> from the different podcasts that they listen to, um, and uh, we also you know, made an effort to have each episode populated with, um, you know, fans who are coming to the show from, you know, watching it back in the 60s, uh, fans who just started watching it with the modern series, um, and, and people who don't normally podcast together, um, people who don't podcast at all, uh, so I think that's really appealing to people, um, and it's, it's a mixture of that plus, wow, I can't believe, um, all I had to do was give $10 to get this great content and I get to help a great cause at the same time. Uh, so, that's been really, really cool to see.
3: Yeah. And we've raised at this point some just, just a little bit more than $16,000 and we have over 650 unique donors uh, who have contributed to this, po- to this project, which is amazing. I can't, again, begin to, uh, I, you know, uh, when I, Joy and I talked about this, I thought, if we can raise two or three grand, I think we can hold our head up, heads up high that we, you know, that we did something. And I, I don't think I don't think either of us <laughs> envisaged no. that it would that it would that would it would be this phenomenal response.
0: And people can still donate, can't they?
3: Absolutely, they yes. can still donate until the end until until the end of uh, until the end of March. Uh, they can they just visit realitybombpodcast.com slash who against guns. All the instructions are there. There's four different uh, organizations they can donate to: March for Our Lives, the Brady Campaign to Prevent Gun Violence, Moms Demand Action, and the Community Justice Reform Coalition. You just basically make a donation to those four organizations, keep it, and send and forward the receipt to us at Stands at realitybombpodcast.com. It is that simple, and like I said, the instructions are on realitybombpodcast.com slash guns. I should have had that page open when I did that first. Sorry, guys. <laughs>
2: yeah, but um, as you said, Drew, we are still... Um, accepting receipts for donations um, until the end of the month and uh, we are not totally done with the the content and surprises just yet. We had oh, no. um, a very successful giveaways uh, drive so that was really fun because um A lot of um, people, including yourselves, guys, um, generously offered um, items and experiences uh, to to give away to donors. So That was really fun to get to do draws for. And um, that all happened earlier this week, and we are actually just in the process of um, announcing this, but we have a very very special um, EP album that will go out to um, anyone who has donated or donates over. I think it's twenty five dollars, Graham.
3: It's tw- it's twenty five dollars. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a, a, a digital only uh, EP uh, of uh, with uh, at least. Uh, Four people uh, contributing songs. Uh, we have a, we have a new song by Emma Kaywood specifically for this campaign. We have a new song by Cat Smith, who I think most most Doctor Who fans know from various appearances on Reality Bomb and several conventions um she's done a new song about martha jones which is really really amazing uh and we have two songs that we've done at reality bomb live shows we uh we have uh we have the recent cover of fraser heinz's time traveler that andy hicks wrote and produced um that we did at our last live show this time this time we'll actually be on key uh, singing it, and <laughs> and, uh, and uh, we also have Alex Kennard's uh, rendition of Peter Capaldi's Eyes, which is a brilliant, brilliant song. So, and we're hoping that maybe we can actually get two, one or two others uh, between now and when that drops on Monday. So, yeah, so but yes, so yeah, that that offer is going to happen. We're hoping to see if we can get a couple more, uh, a couple more uh, giveaways between now and when the campaign ends. Yeah, it's great.
2: It, it's really exciting because. Every one of these incentives that we've offered um, has really come out of people hearing about the project and wanting to do something. Um, I can't tell you how many times we have received emails from people saying, this is amazing, I donated to you know X organization, and also hey, would you accept this um, book that I'd like to donate? Or um, how can I help you? I mean, you know, I'm a podcaster, what can I do to help? And um, it's been so encouraging to see all of the people who wanted to be involved in some way. And so um, one of the people who, who did that was Emma, who, who emailed and said, hey, I was so inspired by the work that you're all doing. I wrote this song. And um, that is about the doctor being a, a hero who doesn't carry a gun. And, uh, you know, once we had that and Kat had reached out actually with her music as well, we thought, well, geez, we, we should really use this in some way. And, um, it's, uh, it's actually overwhelming the, the response and the generosity from, from the fan community.
0: I'm working with Emma on another anthology right now. Um, children of time, which is a, Uh, in-print anthology about uh, the Companions of the Doctor, and she is having a a song in that,
1: uh, Hmm.
0: which is really quite excellent. It's nice to see that kind of talent across the board. Now, if folks who have already donated want to donate again, um, I assume their donations are cumulative. They want to work their way up towards a higher... Yeah, fantastic. We
2: encourage people to do that.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, well, I mean... Why wouldn't you, right, at this point in time? <laughs> Any projects
1: uh, planned for the future, Graham?
3: Oh, gosh. Uh, well, let's you know, I, I just finished a book about, uh, about Sidney Newman that came out uh, last year, uh, Head of Drama, which I contributed to. Uh, it's largely a memoir of Sidney Newman, but it also has a, a long biographical essay at the back of the book w- w- uh, on how Newman was involved in the creation of Doctor Who and how he created Doctor Who and and what he did after after he left the BBC. Uh, so that's still available from ecwpress.com. Uh, I am currently working on a sequel to Who is the Doctor with Robert Smith. Uh, we just spoke with the people at kind people at ECW Press and pointed out that the new season of Doctor Who is is later than we thought, and we keep on putting off the publishing date for this book because we keep on getting visited by real-world circumstances. First, it was, when is series series uh series 10 coming out and then we series 10 came out and then jody whittaker got cast and we realized we couldn't like do a doctor who book and have like peter capaldi on the front of it
1: <laughs> we needed
3: to we needed to include jody Whitaker's first season so that delayed it to next year and then i had to give the our publisher the news that well actually they're looking at late october for doing it so i don't think we're going to be able to make the Late October deadline that we had originally suggested, so it's now looking like it's going to be a fall 2019 book, um, and uh, and probably just in time for Jodie Whittaker's second season. At which point, I'm sorry, it's, the book's just going to go out, so it will <laughs> be really great. Um, and of course, uh, you know, Joy and I continue doing Reality Bomb, and uh, we, we're going to start working on a new episode probably as soon as we finish this Skype call with you. So, um, <laughs> so you know. Joy.
2: Ah well, um, reality bomb. Uh, my my actual job,
3: <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, my actual job. too.
2: <laughs> um, um, I'm on spring break now, actually, which is nice because I get to have a little bit of a of a you know mental vacation, uh, which is exciting. Um, and that's really it. I mean, I, I, I shudder to mention this in Graham's presence, but um, a lot of people have asked if we would do something like this again in the future um like who against guns um and i enthusiastically um say absolutely yes um i am very interested in doing another project like this in the future um what it is who knows um when it will be probably like a year from now uh because this kind of uh project was um is something that actually requires a lot of time and planning and we put it together in about a week and a half um and you know as grant mentioned earlier it was actually only a few days before we started um you know recording so what we'd like to do is if we did it again in the future we'd really like to take some time to plan um and so if that happened again it wouldn't be for like another year probably
3: I maybe by that point I'll have gotten the sleep back that I that I lost doing this thing. So <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I I think I think uh, I'm 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 definitely enthusiastic about doing something like this again. But yeah, I think I think I, I need a little more recovery time.
2: <laughs> just a little, maybe some sleep is you know a positive yeah, maybe. Thing.
3: yeah, sleep is not overrated, Doctor. By the way, just 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 for all the Doctor Who fans who are about to turn, turn up with you know sleep is overrated sleep is for tortoises no 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 sleep is actually really mm. important guys let's let's you know the doctor is not human we are so very <laughs> so there you go doctor who fans i've answered you
0: <laughs> well joy you're going to be at um regeneration who in baltimore this upcoming weekend do you have any uh panels you'd like to plug in case any of our listeners are going to be there also
2: Sure. Um, I have two that I'm moderating that I'm very, very excited uh, to to do. Um, one is called "The First Face That This Face Saw." It's about um, doctors' first companions, so the the ones that they they are with right after regeneration, the ones who I think often uh, shape a lot of their personality. So. Um, rose amy and clara for example from the modern series um but i also am really interested in talking about um you know polly and ben and their relationship with the the second doctor um and liz shaw and um the third doctor and just thinking about how these first companions are influential on on the doctor's personality um so that'll be friday at six o'clock and um on Saturday at three o'clock, I am moderating a panel panel on uh, female directors from the classic series. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that and, and thinking about uh, their visual style. Um, is there any sort of um, common thread that we can can, can trace through their work? Um, unfortunately, is a it's a very small list, um, but uh, we'll we'll. Definitely get into, into that as well. Um, I'm on a bunch of other panels that um, I don't need to necessarily list, but <laughs> if you are at Regen, sure. uh, come and say hi and, and uh, come, to, come to the panels I'm on, and uh, I hope to see anyone attending there.
0: Yeah, and of course, Brent and I will be doing our very first live episode of Who in Company uh, Sunday at 2pm And our special guest will be Simon Fraser And uh, he's going to be talking about Starship uh, Star Trek Enterprise And uh, we're pretty excited And I'm speaking for myself A little nervous about that uh, Not the mm-hmm. Simon part But just <laughs> the doing a live panel in front of, of uh, an audience So yeah You guys will be great there. Well, We appreciate yeah. it And Thanks. speaking of great Thank you so much the both of you For joining us today on our episode okay. Thank you yeah. Uh, thank you and of course thank you for joining us on Who and Company Who and Company come for the fandom stay for the company thanks for joining us at Who and Company special shout out to Pixel Who for providing our logo they can be found at facebook.com slash pixel who Who and Company can be found on iheartradio.com and Spotify or you can download the show directly from whoandcompany.libson.com contact us on Twitter at Who and Company support the show on patreon.com slash Company or email us at whoandcompany at yahoo.com. Thanks, and see you next month.